Hi, folks. Welcome back. This is Dr. Scott from LA Not So Confidential. We're so glad that you're joining us again. I'm here with my bestie. Hello, I'm Dr. Shiloh. So we're really excited to talk to you about today's uh, concept because as with most, we start out thinking that we're going to talk about one thing and it ends up really evolving and encompassing so much more than we originally intended. So just to give you a, a, a sort of a temporal locator, we're going to tell you that we're recording Ooh, this on... Term. What's that? I said I like that term. Oh, okay. Temporal cool. locator. I think it's a little in my Star Trek background, which is terrible <laughs> to, to admit. But we're um, recording this on Monday, May 11th. Uh, and I, yeah. the, re, the reason I want to say that is because things change so rapidly here in the reality of COVID-19. Uh, Dr. Shiloh and I are quarantined in our homes. Uh, she's on the other side of a bunch of freeways. Yeah. I mean, we're not end. truly quarantined. Actually, no. I did have to for a little bit because I had an exposure to someone who was positive. And you had a potential had to, exposure. Yeah. Well, no, I, I was exposed to him. I just oh. had to get my test results and um, uh, got those back pretty quickly. So I did kind of quarantine. I didn't go to work for those days and kept a little distance from the family. But, but yeah, I... If, for sort of once, we're kind of timely in what we're talking about with our topic today, but we have had this idea to do this for a while and it just really hit perfect timing. But I think it is important to say we're re-recording this on May 11th because it's not going to be released till the end of the month and Lord knows what will have changed. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be actually fascinating to, to, to see what has changed. And I uh, obviously, I hope everybody stays safe and that there's no potential uh, danger that happens as a result of what's going on, because what we're talking about today is going to actually tie back, back to at least two previous episodes, if not more. We're going to be talking about um, shared psychosis. We're going to be talking about the concept of delusion. We're going to be talking about concepts involved in cults. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, it's a lot. It all kind of comes together. Um, so, you know, um, just to give you an overview of what we're going to talk about today, we're going to use the phenomenon and existence of QAnon, which uh, we will go into further uh, depth of explanation in a moment. But we're going to present that in terms uh, of how we would look at it as clinicians. Right. And it's we're going to include things like, like I was saying before, the earlier episodes on um, delusional and erratic thinking and uh, sort of not disorganized thinking, but cognitive errors. We're going to talk about cult behaviors, the importance of community and development of personal identity. And we're going to also sort of encompass how taking any of these extreme ideologies is going to bring out people that are clearly mentally ill. And it's going to only reinforce some of the the challenges they already have in emotional and um, mental health stability. So I I fear that... This is probably one of those episodes that I think, oh, is this going to be too psychobabbly? <laughs> so we need to real, you know, check each other because I don't want our audience to get lost because I got lost, you know, just in sort of researching. Some yeah, of it's so much, here. but that's, and we got that, we got that critique from one of our listeners, which I thought was really great is that 
Um, maybe sometimes we're inconsistent. There are sometimes that we explain things really well versus sometimes that we don't. So I, I have made an effort to, <laughs> I've got in red in my notes today about like 14 pages of effort, <laughs> right? When I, when I'm saying something, I want to make sure that I give an explanation. And, and also if you're interested in, in going into a deeper dive, you know, look at our show notes because yeah. I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever referenced so many, um, articles and research as our episode today. Yes, there's the, there will be lots of research linked. Right. <laughs> um, and one of the main um, research articles that I pulled was on purpose. It's, it, it, it's not quantitative, but it's a meta-analysis. So it looks at a bunch of different research that already exists on the psychology of conspiracy theories. So I did that on purpose so, you, so people would just have sort of one reference point. And then, you know, if you want to go down that academic rabbit hole, you can follow all the references in that one article. But even right there in that term, meta-analysis, do you want to define that a little bit for maybe somebody that's not? Yeah, yeah. So when studies are conducted, sometimes you want to look at all the studies that sort of came before yours if it's on a certain topic. And it's a good way when you're looking at a um, research that's quantitative, that has numbers, that is measuring something, where you can take all the studies who have measured this certain variable, let's say, this, this certain trait uh, or behavior, whatever you're, you're looking into, and you can do some statistical analysis to pull those numbers. Put, you're kind of putting all of those research studies together and then saying, okay, what are they all saying? Right. So there, someone is is taking on this Herculean task of taking these potentially disparate research pieces, pulling the things that are paralleled and common, and bringing them into yet another analysis. So they've got the basic right. analysis, and they're taking something larger, which is kind of what big data is trying to do now with basically sort of skimming and pulling all sorts of information from our online lives. Mm-hmm. Um, which is oh, that sounds like a conspiracy. Scott. It is, and it's it's one that's non bizarre because it could completely happen, <laughs> and it is happening. But so, take it away. Do you, so we're talking about QAnon, Shiloh. What All is right. QAnon? Let's what see is if it? I can explain this. <laughs> I'm feeling a little bit like when we did in cells of like, here's this thing that I just read so much about. Now I have to try and explain what the hell it is. Well, right, because um, it's a relatively recent phenomena, like really yeah. only in the last two years. Right, right. So essentially, we can boil it down to a far-right conspiracy theory that outlines the supposed secret plot by an alleged deep state, which, aka, we might also refer to it as a cabal, which is like a high-power political faction of some sort. So people that are in the shadows behind our government yes. and, and they're running the whole thing. Right, right. And in this case, the deep state is working against U.S. President Trump and his supporters and is kind of made up of, you know, Hollywood elite and uh, people in the tech industry, Bill Gates, who, else, you know, we got Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, um, George Soros, or Soros um, he's a Hungarian um, American billionaire and investor and philanthropist that people say are behind this as well. But I, there's a, a podcast that I've listened to. Hang on, I want to get there. 
name right. Um, it's called QAnon Anonymous, and they are researchers and journalists that have come together to kind of explain what QAnon is, but they like just sort of dishing about conspiracy theories. And they say, basically, if you won like an Emmy, you're part of the yes. deep state. Like, Which is really hilarious because Hollywood. literally there are so many people that have won Emmys. Like you can, well, win, yeah. you can win Emmy because Emmys is television and so many, I mean, it's, it's like the Oscars on steroids. There are so many right. people with Emmys. But Our last guest had an Emmy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, but one of the things that further like overarching of what you've set up is that one of the core beliefs is that the Mueller investigation is not investigating Donald Trump. It's working with Trump and it's creating a smokescreen to obfuscate and keep away from the knowledge of the general public of what is actually being going, is actually being investigated. So what the QAnon people believe is that um, Trump is a brilliant three-dimensional chess player who's playing a long game. Mm -hmm. He's pretending to love Russia, but that the actual investigation is directed towards the Clintons, the Obamas, Huma Abedin, and Pizzagate, which we will talk about in a moment too, which was like sort of a core belief that was... It's so crazy. Yeah, it's it's definitely a touchstone to all of that. Um, Well, so so I'm going to go back to where this theory began. So in October 2017, I think that's when we started our podcast. Maybe this is all linked. Maybe we're part Um, of it. Where's my Emmy? Damn it! There was there was a post on 4chan by someone using the name Q or Q clearance patriot, claiming to have gained access to classified information involving the Trump administration and its opponents in the United States. So Q, whether it's a person or whether it's it's a group, you know, there's been um, fodder about both of those, falsely accused many liberal Hollywood actors, Democratic politicians, high-ranking officials, basically of engaging in an international child sex trafficking ring. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to go down lots of rabbit holes, but there's a, there's a child sex trafficking ring that's kind of at the core of this because you these this group really needs to be vilified. Um, but that Donald Trump is aware of this and that he's going to put a plan in order to round up all of these individuals and free all of these children. So that's also a pretty core, um, thread throughout what they're thinking. So it's gone. The theory, the theory of the pedophile ring, which included Hillary Clinton and her associates was that this ring was being run out of the basement of a Washington DC pizza restaurant and hence, you know, pizza gate. So that, and which as completely outlandish and bizarre as that sounds ended up, it ended up engaging or resulting in someone who clearly was a true believer in this conspiracy theory, trying to take violent action against this, this restaurant just in the middle of DC. Yeah. I mean, it's so, you know, it, thankfully no lives were lost at that time, but that's one of the things that we are going to talk about is our, you know, the, which is our nexus between mental health and crime is how many crimes are now starting to happen as a result of people who believe very, very fervently in this belief system. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, and Q is the security clearance code used by the Department of Energy for the top clearance areas. Um, so I don't know what the Department of Energy has to do with these top secrets, but. But it probably is incorporated in there somehow. I, I immediately thought just from my nerdiness that Q is also a Star Trek next generation character who is all knowing and all omnipotent like he has. Ooh, okay. Un, 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 unending powers to alter and rewrite history and and his main goal is that he fucks with humans like that's how mm. he entertains himself is just fucking with humans so i don't know if there's any connection between it um we're going to get back at the end we're going to talk about whether or not q is actually a real person or if q is like an actual three-dimensional chess level player of a troll right who has set right. this whole thing up we don't know yeah. But um, one of the things you were talking about, what was the name of the podcast you had read? Because I had, or you had listened QAnon to QAnon Anonymous. Okay. So there was QAnon Anonymous. I was listening to Reply All from uh, 2018. Reply All is a great podcast and they do an absolute great bullet point takedown of all of this. I mean, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, so I highly recommend going listening to them. They're, they're part of Wondery or something like that. So what else did they hit on as far as like core stuff? So they were talking about it being, and there's some, there's conflicting information. They said eight Chan versus four Chan. So it may have been 4chan and then he moved over and started doing his q drops on 8chan okay okay so in in fall of 2017 this individual started posting on the slash poll board so slash politics and they didn't give any information about themselves and they started posting in polemics basically well or what would be considered polemics except that it's like a bizarre version of it it was just a string of questions so this bizarre random list of questions that of course imply that they're all related to each other so it's like these things that really don't have any relationship to each other except that they deal with government agencies right but this person has strung them together and they're asking who is mockingbird who is hrc who was detained not arrested who is huma where is huma what this has nothing to do with russia why is POTUS surround himself with generals? What is military intelligence? What, why a go-around with three-letter agencies? So all he does is post this string of questions, and miraculously, it just builds this following. I'm, I'm not unconvinced that he didn't have multiple sock puppet accounts that <laughs> right. he then used to, he or she, it could be sure. a she as well. But almost immediately, there was just this takeoff in postings and people started it it spread like wildfire and not among people that are usually on 4chan or 8chan you know mm-hmm. not a bunch of computer people and hackers but a bunch of you know middle-aged white people that <laughs> tend to le- lean right and they just began eating it up so it reminds me of when you and your husband uh used to geocache what do you mean used to? <laughs> oh, you're still doing it? Okay. I mean, it's in a decade. Hadn't you found everything? Oh, my God. Like this, this group activity where there's shared information online and everybody's part of like a treasure hunt, which is right. totally, totally cool. Except this is like a really, really dark version of that, like completely. Yeah, not everyone knows about it. I have to still explain what geocaching is to a good amount of people. But if you log on line, 
like you said, people all over the world. That's actually what I save it for now. If I go to a different state or a different country, I'll geocache just to get one in wherever I'm at. Yeah. Um, I don't do it as much just like locally anymore, but, but yeah, it's, it's that connectivity with people who are doing something similar to you. Yeah. So once again, that part that you have a community, which gives you, you know, it's very relaxed in that sense. However, we're talking about something now that is not relaxed at all. So, so the, um, the stringing together of just the random statements or questions is really perfect for people to just interpret how they want. Exactly. Like, oh, by this, he means this. And then that just sort of snowballs online. And like you said, if he was one of those, you know, in a a phantom account, being one of those people putting things together, then people will latch onto it however he wants it to be read. So following up from this, from these questions, there there were more questions, but then there are also Twitter accounts that are associated with with Q and he began a habit of sending out tweets that are nothing but emojis and numbers and some smattering of military and police codes like lightning bolt bomb american flag 639 underscore 24 i mean just <laughs> okay. something like that but then the it's mind-boggling how people interpret them and they Mm -hmm. jump on it with this absolute absolute fervent belief that and there are all these crazy interpretations and then the interpretations that the followers make take on a life of their own right so you want to talk about what they're called what the followers are called um do you know about the crumbs do i have it oh the yes okay go ahead you can okay so q supposedly (laughs) drops this information and he he drops them and called them crumbs like Mm breadcrumbs sort of hansel and gretel saving themselves out of the the wicked forest or they hope to find their way out of the forest through the breadcrumbs so the people that are hardcore believers and followers of this belief this theory are now called bakers yeah you know because they're (laughs) baking the bread i think that's really fascinating because it is it's like well what does a crumb have to do with bread well that's what the um q anon anonymous guy said they're like do not bake bread by using bread crumbs (laughs) like that does not work (laughs) right so you're just gonna wonder why you keep getting croutons (laughs) yeah like even that doesn't make sense. So, so right. Maybe and if they called themselves like Hansel and Gretel, I'd be like, oh, okay. I, yeah, that, that would that get me sense. more interested than this. <laughs> Absolutely. But they're, you know, once again, kind of reiterating this theory is that, you know, it's this really un- like out of control sense of patriotism. That's not even real patriotism. It's more like nationalism and nationalism is a slippery slope, you know, so yeah. nationalism usually only refers to sort of one subset and can usually be switched over to ideas about race and anti-Semitism, which get really, really dangerous. And of course, because of that, we'll actually bring more people in. Yeah. So did you want to talk about like there was a military coup aspect to it, right? That like we're kind of all waiting for a military coup to happen. Right. So the conspiracy conspiracy theory goes that there is going to be this big event, which goes by a couple of names, either the Great Awakening or the Storm. Um, so the Storm is this anticipated event in which, like I said, you know, President Trump is going to put a, a 
a kibosh on all of this evil doing. And so thousands of peoples, all of the members of the cabal are going to be arrested. So the idea is after being arrested, they'll be sent to Guantanamo Bay prison, that they're going to face military tribunals, um, and that the U.S. military will likely brutally sort of take over the country, and that the result is going to be this utopia on earth sort of, you know, idealized version of of life once all these evil doers are out of the way, and it that really ties in to a lot of the more recent COVID related elements that have found their way into the conspiracy because once quarantines and safer at home policies went into place, the QAnon folks thought, here it is, we're all going to be kept at home so we can't see what's going on out in the world. And this is the time that the storm's going to happen where Trump is going to start rounding up folks without all of us being able to see it or they'll they'll all be at home so then they know to just go to their home and arrest them so i the, was the, the like so the Mueller investigation was actually indicting all of these bad players right. and they were all apparently the Mueller investigation found them all guilty but why are they walking around so that we don't know but yes. so they've been indicted and they know they've been indicted and they're all walking around wearing <laughs> wearing ankle monitors. And that's why QAnon posters will take all these pictures of Hillary Clinton and Huma Adin and all these characters of their pants trying sure. to show like, oh, look, she's wearing bell bottoms. There's a bulge. This, yes, they're, they're, <laughs> this pants. is where the ankle monitor is. It's right. unbelievable. I know, I know. So... It, not only, you know, the sort of quarantine to control people, but holy shit, when the um, USS Comfort and Mercy came into yeah. L.A. Harbor and New York's Harbor, they had a field day with that because they figured that that might be where they're going to send all the prisoners before Guantanamo Bay. So, you know, these giant ships pulling into this big city harbors. Um I also remember just, you know, you just search hashtag QAnon, you see all kinds of crazy shit online, but people videotaping like military trucks going by and like, oh, I thought we were all supposed to be on quarantine. Where are they going? What are they doing? What are they moving? So every little thing that they could twist into this just gets pulled into that belief system. Right, right. Um, and we'll get into the uh, a couple of the criminal related stuff to the comfort and mercy but um also you know after the great storm they there's just a couple things that go along with that they believe that jfk jr is actually still alive yes and that he's going to come back and be trump's next running mate um they actually had said at a few times that hillary clinton had already been executed she'd already they caught her. She was executed. She's done with. So um, is she replaced with a clone or a lookalike or a double? Is that what's? I don't know. I didn't hear that. So um, I I don't know. Uh, maybe they ditched that. And I love this one that Kim Jong-il is actually a CIA operative. So he works for us. <laughs> That's why he and Trump are so chummy. 
And if you notice the most recent picture of him finally coming out, he's having to be propped up by two people. Oh, I mean, he, it looks like Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, my God. It looks like Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> so another part of this uh, that, you know, it really does focus on certain individuals. And there's just a lot of a lot of misogynistic hate towards Hillary Clinton that has been going on for decades. Apparently, we are we are supposed to believe that not we're supposed to believe that she's an evil idiot, but also an evil mastermind mm-hmm. simultaneously. There's an incredible cognitive dissonance there that just doesn't see her as an incredibly experienced and adept politician, but that she's this this evil, evil entity. But she's going to take over. She's going to take over. It's like, well, okay, well then why hasn't she taken over? It's been right. a couple of decades now. When's it going to happen? But one of the other things that's looped into this belief system that has, I don't think it was part of it at the beginning, but this has been fed into is this part of the, the belief that the children are being held as sex slaves through Pizzagate. They're being held upside uh, underground and they're called the mole children. Yep. And there are, completely deformed because they've been held in bondage generation after generation. They've never, never seen the, the light of day, never yeah. seen the light of day. And that there is a chemical that is extracted from their brain. Like mm-hmm. I'm looking for, is it adenosine or adena, adenochrome, uh, adenochrome, yes, yes, which I have never heard of that chemical, but adenochrome supposedly is sort of what this evil uh, elite is using to stay young and stay alive and stay yeah. high. Like it gives them a high too. So it intoxicates you as well. So they're Giving stupid, some of that. stupid and high all the time, but they're still <laughs> running this, this but they're, cabal. they're young all the time. <laughs> yes. Gl- yes. Glowing, glowing, dewy skin. Right. So there's like this, um, verbiage to the conspiracy about Alice in Wonderland and it, Hillary Clinton is Alice. Wonderland is Saudi Arabia. Um, but when they're particularly a few weeks ago talking about the mole children, especially in New York, you know, where we know COVID has hit really, really hard. Um, so they were saying that some of the old subway tunnels were being used. That's where the mole children were being kept under New York City. And that this one, I saw this one post where this woman had overlaid an old map onto Central Park, and supposedly, in her very accurate map, I'm sure, this old tunnel, which was like the Q line or something, ran right under and stopped underneath the Alice in Wonderland sculpture in Central Park. And so she was like, this is where all the, I mean, there are women. Cause you wouldn't notice that so, at all, right? You well, would not, no. you wouldn't notice that at all that like a, tr- you know, just hundreds of deformed sex slave children coming out of a tunnel in central park at the. Well, Cause we're all quarantined in our homes. So we can't see oh, it. Oh, that's it. Oh my God. I got to wake up. I'm a sheeple. <laughs> <wake>, yes. <laughs> but if you look at some of these writings or these posts, there are women sobbing, sobbing about these children and needing to rescue them, which is one of the crimes as well. Um, but just tore up about it as if this is actually happening. It's just well, well they believe it. I mean, that's we, we will, that's part of what we're talking about today. Is yeah, that they truly, yeah. truly believe it. And another aspect, and even you know, there was an, a, a male elected official the other day being interviewed 
um, in one of the articles I was reading and he, they were, you know, the journalist was really drilling him saying, Hey, look, you know, you, I'm, I see you on social media, you're using QAnon hashtags, you know, do you believe this? And he was very, very cagey, very cagey. And then at the end of the article in, in, in a, excuse me, the end of the interview, he says, well, it's very well known that in Europe that the the um, elite are are cannibalizing children. They're oh they're eating God. children. That's <laughs> like, uh, you know, your your chin just drops open like somebody sure. elected this person. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm sure like the whole Epstein thing didn't help, <laughs> and that's got its own you know conspiracy theories. But, um, God, just. All right. What else do we want to say before we talk about crimes? Because I'm kind of. Well, there's there. a lot of crime. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting actually this. I wasn't expecting this. But you did read that quote from the Washington Post. Okay. Was that so Travis's? I, that was a yeah. really good quote I thought was good. So Travis View, he is a re- researcher and journalist from the Washington Post who is also one of the hosts of QAnon Anonymous podcast. So he says that the essence of the conspiracy theory is that there is a worldwide cabal of Satan worshiping pedophiles who rule the world, essentially, and they control everything. They control politicians, they control the media, they control Hollywood, and they cover up their existence, essentially. And they would have continued ruling the world were it not for the election of President Donald Trump. So that's a cool, like, just... Right. So his, so Trump winning the current, the winning the the current position of POTUS has threw a wrench into all of their plans. Yep. It sure has. It sure has. So I think a a listener of ours suggested we look into QAnon months ago. I kind of put it on the back burner on our list, but what really got me on it again was this incident that happened in Los Angeles. Um, when the the U.S. naval ship came into port, and down in San Pedro, have you ever been down there? Have you been to Terminal Island Prison yeah. or anything down there? Yeah, yeah. So just to explain like how it is down there for folks, there's there's our port. We have one of the largest ports in the world in San Pedro, California, part of Los Angeles, and down there you have. Um, ships coming in, you have train tracks. It's sort of adjacent to Long Beach where like the Queen Mary is. Um, just a ton of, of commerce going on. There's also a prison, a federal prison called Terminal Island because there's a little jut out of the land they call Terminal Island. There's the prison there and there's a U.S. Coast Guard station there. And it's really weird. I I um, interviewed for an internship at that prison. But to think if you're getting sent to prison and they're like, oh, guess what? You're going to Terminal Island. That doesn't sound great. Yeah, yeah. But I always go, well, you have oceanfront property because literally the prison yard opens up to the ocean. (laughs) So this area has a lot of all of what I just described. And after the U.S. Navy ship came in, um, is it Mercy is here in L.A., I think. This train, this locomotive train conductor who subscribes to the QAnon philosophy by what we know from some of his statements made afterwards said he just knew that that ship was there to either house all of the bad people that were being rounded up or to, um, 
hide the children from us that we knew were victims. And so he just had to do something about it. So he got behind the engine of the locomotive and tried to go as fast as he could, aim that thing for the naval ship and just took off in the train and it derailed. He, uh, a CHP officer was there and basically saw the whole thing happen. And I don't know how the hell he thought he was going to like make this train fly like the bus in speed over (laughs) and hit this naval ship. Um, But this was really the thing where I was like, what the hell? At first, I'm like, is this domestic terrorism? What's going on? And then I started hearing how he said he had to do something. um, One of the, yeah, his, the quotes that I got in the articles I read were that he just steadfastly believed that it, the mercy ship was not there for what it said it was. He just knew it. Not that it was based on anything. He just knew it. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And that people need to wake up, which is another sort of belief and, and, and trope that we hear over and over again is that we're all just sheeple. We've, we've been fooled by everybody. We just need to wake up and kind of goes back to the blue pill, red pill. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely like that, that this is the way the world works. But what's really sad, I mean, I remember when, before we got the QAnon connection on that particular crime, thinking, okay, here's the conductor of a train, and trains still ship the majority of our American products from shipyards. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a huge industry. It's like computerized, um, moving enormous, um, shipping containers. I mean, it's a big deal. And all I could think was, Oh, he was tweaking. He had like, this is somebody who had been up for 24 hours because he's the conductor. And I mean, I don't, I don't know if drugs were involved at all, but clearly this is somebody who just went literally went off the rails and (laughs) metaphorically went off the rails. (laughs) But I was talking to, you know, one of the cops I work with who, knows, I mean, he was former military and he was saying, well, yeah, it is funny that he, you know, thought that he could go that far off rails because anybody that's a conductor should know that they can't go off rails. You can't launch it. But there was enough force behind those 30 or 40 cars that if there had been a track and he had rammed into that ship, he could have sunk the ship if Mm. he had had a track taking him to it. Well, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. But like you said, been you know, able to the idea that it would be really fly well. through. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so there was the guy in Washington, D.C. that you already mentioned that when Pizzagate sort of first broke, he thought he was going to go rescue the children that were there that were being held. And he shot an assault weapon into the pizza parlor. Thank goodness. Nobody was injured as you stated. Um, so that was, that was one of the first, I think that we can sort of tie back to all of this, but there, there've been multiples and all types of different crimes. Like yeah. um, California man arrested back in 2018, December of 2018. He was found with a bunch of bomb making materials in his car. And he said he was planning on blowing up a satanic temple monument in the Capitol Rotunda in Springfield, Illinois, because he wanted to make Americans aware of Pizzagate and the New World Order who were essentially dismantling society as we know it. So these are true believers. This is someone who, much like, I mean, 
like you were trying to differentiate earlier between domestic terrorism and delusion driven action. And here we're seeing this Venn diagram of how it overlaps. And it, it, it reminds me of Timothy McVeigh, you know, Timothy McVeigh taking out the, the federal building in Oklahoma City. He really felt like he was doing the right thing. Like right. this is I'm going to get I'm going to make people understand about, you know, how how we feel about the people that are running the government. And and he really, you know, I'm sure he went to the electric chair or the gas chamber. I can't remember how he was executed. Um, well, not would be electric chair, be a gas chamber. Right. Or injection? No, Maybe. mostly it's get injection now. But for him to, he truly believed, like sure. I'm doing the right thing. Sure. Yeah. It's, know, I'm, it's, a, I'm a true patriot. Right. Right. So it's very similar to what you know Nama talks about on Incel podcast. In you know, not everyone who leaves us is a domestic terrorist or who is violent. But when you get the true believers who then maybe have also, you know, some mental illness with also the tendency to violence, that's the dangerous piece. It's a very small percentage, but it's, it, it could be a recipe for disaster. So but you, yeah. and you don't, and you don't need everybody getting violent to do a bunch of damage. You true. need, you need true. true believers that are high enough functioning to, put together pipe bombs and, and be create or be horrifically creative about how they, you know, wreak devastation on human yeah. life. Yeah. In March, 2019, there was a QAnon supporter who actually killed a Gambino Bob Moss in New York. A Bob Moss? A <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I said? <laughs> it's that time of day. Wow. Um, a mob boss. I <laughs> Somebody draw me a picture of a mob boss or a Bob Moss. <laughs> a Bob Moss. Your cream cheese. Um, but his attorney said he was inspired by internet theories. When he was in court, he held up the palm of his hand that said MAGA on it. And he had a, and with, he had a cue. Yeah, and in I blue think ink, he he was he was handcuffed, but he had written on the palm of his right hand uh, a cue. Was the cue and just sitting there with like a smirk on his face, like yep. I'm, I'm I'm you're all sheeple, and I'm educating you. Yep, yep. Uh, there was another supporter who pleaded guilty to committing a terrorist incident near the Hoover Dam. Um, there have been two separate child kidnapping plots that I found that involved supporters of QAnon. Um, and then in Arizona, there was a leader of a local veterans aid group in Tucson. His name is Michael Lewis Arthur Meyer. And he was arrested in July, 2018, after he occupied a tower at a cement plant. And he thought that they were sheltering child sex trafficking victims there. Um, and he said that there was a whole law enforcement cover-up and referenced the QAnon conspiracy. And just this, this was all in, in an FBI document that I found, but. But was in that particular case, Shiloh, mm-hmm. was there anything that, was there anything revealed where he, what was that belief based on? Was, did he read somewhere that like, this is where kids are being held or had he come to his own conclusion? Ooh, I don't know. All, all I have seen with these is just, they just say internet theories. So maybe it was something more local to his, okay. you know, maybe they have local chapters or, you know, forums or boards where people that are 
geographically close to each other can kind of talk about things there. I'm not wow. sure. Okay. Sure. So let's see. We also have... Was that Timothy Larson, the one in the church? Yeah. Is that mine? Yeah, that's yours. Jeez. There's a ton that I listed, right? Yeah. Um, So yeah, Timothy Larson in Arizona and Colorado looks like he had taken a crowbar to an altar inside of a chapel in Sedona, Arizona. And he was yelling about the Catholic Church and sex trafficking, but his social media posts were all filled with QAnon references. So uh, I don't know. We're seeing like crossover into other things as well, like maybe easy targets. Well, it's certainly there with the Catholic Church and the things that have been absolutely, absolutely verified, you know, for for decades and years have been going on with um, child sexual molestation. So once again, sort of bringing back what we talked about at the beginning, the idea that if someone is already disordered or tends to be paranoid or have Mm -hmm. these grandiose ideas about the effect that they can have on the world, this would be a particularly toxic crucible to be generating, you know, and then thereby resulting in violence. He's already got, he's already got a belief about the Catholic church and not only the Catholic church as a whole, but that particular one at the Holy Cross in Sedona. And who knows, he could have thought that the alt, something was inside the altar. That happens a lot, you know, when we're dealing with people who have hardcore um, psychosis diagnosis is that they'll, you know, believe that something's been implanted in their walls and they tear down the walls trying to find the microphones and the chips. Yeah. We also have in Parker, Colorado, Cynthia Ab- Abkug. Abkug. Um, she was conspiring with some fellow QAnon believers to actually kidnap one of her children who had been removed from her custody. And they were all convinced that her child was being held by Satan worshipers and pedophiles. So, you know, here's these other situations happening. One, I would love to know why the child was removed from her custody. Right. And she's going to get some of her other believers to get her child back from this entity, this, this cabal. So that's another, like you were saying earlier, this sort of crossover of belief systems and conspiracy theories. So we're almost now seeing even more of an influence of satanic panic re-emerging. Uh-huh. And that is something that, you know, we've talked about when we refer to the McMartin preschool hearings and we how and, and a lot of the researchers that are looking into QAnon right now are are commenting that this is a common trope in conspiracy theories having to do with the sexual exploitation of children because it is the easiest way to demonize the other. Like yep. if you really want to make the other look bad, you have you portrayed them as doing something terrible to children. Yeah, there's nothing worse, right? Right. So, right. Yeah. But it's, now it's you know the dead giveaway in that particular um incident with Miss Absug because I've done that kind of work is I want to know why your kid was taken away from you. Your kid was right. probably taken away from you for a very good reason. Yeah. And it might have to do with why you would go so far as to try and kidnap them or and have this bizarre belief that, you know, she's been kidnapped by Satan worshipers. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of bring this a little bit more honing it in on COVID-19 Some Q followers claim that the virus is a human-made bioweapon, which they think either was created by the Chinese government or Bill Gates, depending on which Twitter account you want to follow. Um, And some followers believe the virus is a deep state plot 
and it doesn't exist at all. Like there is no COVID that it is just, again, something to have gotten us to just hunker down in our homes and not question what's going on out there as they're going about their activity with the Great Awakening, which is really interesting. So, And I think what's, and certainly what is not helping is that there are some very, there are celebrities who are surprisingly supportive of those kind of ideas that that COVID is nothing but a respiratory flu, which is right. completely not true. And, but once again, sort of when we talk about like the sequence of falling into a belief system is when you wholeheartedly buy into it, then your thinking starts to become very black and white. You, mm-hmm. you create an echo chamber within what you read and what you expose yourself to. You find others that then reflect back that echo chamber. And, you know, there are celebrities tweeting, I'm, this is nothing but a respiratory flu. I dropped my kids off at gymnastics so they could have a great day with the other kids and we wash our hands and it's all going to be fine. And I value my freedoms. It's like, that's not about a freedom. You're, you're inconvenienced by this. Like you're not being oppressed. Like if you want to talk about what oppression is, we can give you examples around the world of horrific, horrific oppression that are happening right now. And we can give you historical examples of what we've done to various peoples in the United States over the last 200 years. That is real oppression. This is not oppression just because you have to sit down and sit on your ass and watch Netflix for a couple of weeks. That's my If you you want a a big dose of snark related to all this, go listen to Yano Ya's recent episode on celebrities talking about COVID. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love them. I just I love them. I know. That's like that topic was made for them. <laughs> um, so at some point, the COVID, or the COVID, the QAnon supporters said, okay, COVID is real, but it's you know, it's just the emergency response that we're seeing is an overreaction to it. But it's because of Trump's military response where he's going to round up all these individuals. So, you know, there's sort of these beliefs that have traction for a while and then they get abandoned. And to me, you know, like you said, so Hillary Clinton's still alive. What is she, a, a, a robot or what? But that feels very much like cults when they say that like, okay, there's a timeline where, you know, the Armageddon's going to happen or something and then it doesn't. And then they kind of readjust like, oh, okay, just just kidding. The timeline came and went. Um, that's not really what God told me. And it's, it's sort over of... Over and over yeah, again throughout. Yeah. We have so much of that history of these um, predictions of the world ending. And curiously enough, happening a lot around the end of any decade. You know, certainly sure. there's a resurgence of them at the end of every decade. And, and at the turn of every century, there's a huge, huge amount of them. And that's been going on for over a thousand years. I mean, since right. we moved to the Gregorian uh, calendar, I mean, that's. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so do you remember a couple of weeks ago when the Blue Angels flew over New York to thank the healthcare workers? Just in oh my God, I haven't heard. Yeah, I knew that. What, is this a chemtrail? <laughs> is this a chemtrail theory or? Oh, yeah. It, it was, oh, my God, we don't know what they're spraying on us. Did you, did you see how low they were flying? Um, so that, yeah, it was another part of all of this that there's, you know, now they're they're spraying us with some other biological warfare or something. Um, and then April 30th, so just, you know, not even two weeks ago, a 37-year-old woman was arrested traveling to New York. She was 
live streaming and videoing much of this, but she said she believed that Trump was talking to her through her television and she was going to New York to take out Joe Biden. And, and she, she was armed, right? Armed, 12, she had a dozen knives on her. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that, and, and, and she's one of the ones that is just in these videos sobbing about how she has to be the one to rescue these children and bring awareness to all of this. I mean, what, what a wacky thing, especially with this election. I can't even imagine how stressful it is to think now of all these other plots that could be against you because of all of this. I mean, these are weird times. <laughs> yeah, there, there are definitely some some interesting phenomena existing at this time. And a lot of it is a result of we have these amazing freedoms and we have great liberties in this country that are special and wonderful. And unfortunately, what's come along with them is a lot of entitlement, not understanding the difference between uh, uh, an actual right versus... Uh, uh, an entitlement mm -hmm. it's just getting mm -hmm. very mixed up for people yeah. and that's that's what i think is is problematic and then if you have somebody that really wants to find more backup and more reinforcement for something that they already believe falling into something like this is is a rabbit hole that will make it a lot worse i remember reading an interview with a member of the flat earth society this, it was this guy in England who had been out of work for a while and things were going not too well. And he, you know, was sleeping odd hours because his wife was like working a swing shift and she was the only one bringing money into the home. And um, he stayed up one night watching one YouTube video after another about the flat earth theory and woke his girlfriend up, you know, hours later, shaking her awake going, oh my gosh, the world is flat. The world is flat. I know this now that like he was just completely convinced and then, you know, got brought into this community of true believers of that particular belief system. And, you know, and so do we want to talk, will we have more domestic terrorism too? Or was there, there was another COVID thing about well, the, the condition, what was that? Yeah, that, that the condition what they're doing is just renaming or re-diagnosing lung conditions that already exist in people as COVID. There's the whole thing about the 5G, you know, like cell service, wireless service. Conveniently, 5G is popping up, even though, you know, essential work is the only thing that's supposed to be going on right now, that cell towers are being put in to get 5G to more places. And some conspiracy theorists that are QAnon supporters are saying that 5G actually manipulates the cells in our bodies, stimulates to the them disease. to cause the sickness. Um, and it's been a while ago since you posted that picture, remember, of the car with the 5G equals death on the back window? Yeah. And the license plate says science. I don't know if that's real, but <laughs> I think the license plate is Photoshopped. But I know people who have put on their social media that they want to put a stop to 5G installation. Like they're not saying that they're QAnon supporters, but there's fear there about something. Right. And, and to the point where people are burning down the 5G towers. Yeah. In Europe, that's already starting to happen. But right. and what they also forget is that those, you know, we had 5G more so, but there was the same thing that was said about 4G and the same thing that was said about 3G. It's just that, that it's now been 15 years since we 
started right. that process of upgrading those. Now, look, there may actually be some science behind, I mean, we do know that uh, Navy submarines using sonar to communicate with each other disrupts whales. That's That's been proven. Sure. And um, we know that microwaves, which we, everybody, everybody has a microwave oven in their kitchen. And if it wasn't contained in that little box, you know, by, with all the metal and plastic and everything, you'd be cooking yourself, you know, like those right. things happen. But that's also why science, you know, works is to contain and direct all of these amazing technologies. But, you know, there are entire communities that live in rural areas that are convinced that they are, um, that their immune systems have been shut down by um, wireless technology. Right. Now, it, look, you know what? I'll be the first one to eat my socks if, uh, <laughs> if a peer-reviewed study comes out, you know, next year or whenever and says, yes, we have definitely connected this to this, but it's not happening. Right, right. Okay, yes, I do want to just real quickly touch on domestic terrorism because we have mentioned it a couple of times. So the FBI now categorizes domestic terrorism threats into four main categories. So racially motivated violent extremism, anti-government slash anti-authority extremism, animal rights slash environmental extremism, and abortion extremism. So in August of 2019, the FBI actually determined that QAnon was a potential source of domestic terrorism. And they thought after their assessment that these conspiracy theories, they said, quote, will very likely emerge, spread, and evolve in the modern inform information marketplace, occasionally driving both groups and individual extremists to carry out criminal or violent acts. So as you and I are talking about some of this overlapping, this is how it's being viewed and predicted, and we are definitely seeing these crimes happen. Um, but specifically, they said that conspiracy theory-driven extremists are likely to increase during the 2020 presidential election cycle. I mean, I'm sure that's every election cycle. They probably have that prediction, but um, I just thought that was interesting. So I, I love that you're bringing that particular point up right now because what it brings up for me, that reality is, is that we have agencies and we have guidelines and parameters and laws in this country that are there to protect us, including, you know, various aspects of law enforcement. And, you know, my nephew that used to work in secret service is like, he would shake his head and like, say, if you only knew what was taken care of before it became a thing, right. but you don't hear about that every once in a while you're here like, Oh, terrorist plot foiled. But what you don't hear about is the constant monitoring and analyzation of all this data of attempted hacks on our system from other countries. That, that's the real thing. It's not this science fiction, fantasy, horror movie stuff. Right. You know, the right. real stuff is is frightening enough. Why don't you stick with that? Yeah, Why don't you can become aware of what's actually happening and, and be worried about that. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take a hard break right here and we will be right back. So welcome back, folks. Um, I wanted to start off with a quote by Dr. Stephen Novella that I find so completely related to what we're talking about. This is the nature of conspiracy theories. They are immune to evidence. Any evidence against the conspiracy is simply part of the conspiracy. Any missing evidence for the conspiracy is a cover-up. 
Everything is a false flag, a deception. This means that you can construct and maintain a conspiracy narrative out of anything, any facts that happen to exist. Conspiracy theories are compatible with any reality because they just make up ad hoc explanations for everything within that conspiracy narrative. So to me, that just completely encapsulates everything that you were talking about earlier. Oh, yes, Hillary Clinton has been killed, but blah, blah, blah. Well, this was supposed to happen. It didn't happen. But so everything, Mm -hmm. there's always a way to fold that belief back into it. Right. There would be no use trying to argue or talk sense into someone who's on board with this. Yeah. You know, one of the plans for this episode was I wanted to go through sort of you and I were going to role play a back and forth between a clinician and a client and the client is delusional. And there's sort of a script that we're taught for doing that. And we didn't have time to put it together for today. We might do it for another episode, but I'll describe it for you in that as the clinician, if I was speaking to someone with a really fixed delusion, I'm not going to argue against that delusion. I'm not going to try and disprove it. I'm going to remain neutral and I'm going to remain inquisitive. Well, tell me more about that. Well, how, how is that going to happen? And how did you find out about that? And sometimes you will get someone that gets stuck. I mean, what you'll do is they'll have a moment where where they will realize that some of their, their addition is not really adding up in the way that they thought it would. So, but we didn't have time to put that together today, but that's how we would approach it clinically. Yeah. And then once they, they sort of feel like they've been heard, you can focus on how it's impacting them and coping with the stress. Cause regardless, the stress is real. The stress is absolutely real. So that, that would be sort of treatment goals. For right. Them. Um, but what is a conspiracy theory? Uh, I thought it would be nice to, to just define a little bit. Boil um, it down. Yeah. Yeah. It, So a conspiracy theory is essentially an explanation for important events that involve secret plots by powerful and malevolent groups. And that comes from a boiled down explanation from a study at a University of Kent by Karen Douglas and her colleagues. And they're the ones I talked about at the top of this that sort of pulled all the research that has been done on conspiracy theories. And they wanted to see what psychological or sociological explanations drive people to believe in conspiracy theories and in what their motivations might be. And they were able to boil it down to essentially three motives of why they're drawn to conspiracy theories. So let's start off with epistemic is the first motive. And that, again, these are going to be things that as humans, we all have as a part of us. And epistemic is wanting to understand your own environment. We all have the pull to understand our environment. And when we can build up a stable and accurate and internally consistent understanding of our environment or the world, that makes us feel good. It lowers our anxiety. It keeps us sort of trekking through life. When that comes into question, then we get a little anxious and uh, start questioning things. And maybe that's when mood disorders kick in. Um, but it, it's something that we all sort of yearn for to have this, this stability of what's going on around us. 
So I'm going to take a quote because I thought they said it really well straight from the study. They said, quote, conspiracy theories appear to provide broad, internally consistent explanations that allow people to preserve beliefs in the face of uncertainty and contradiction. Research suggests that belief in conspiracy theories is stronger when the motivation to find patterns in the environment is experimentally heightened. So we have this time period right now of COVID where it's uncertain, it's scary for lots of different reasons. It is global, which we hardly ever, I mean, we have such a luxury here in the United States where it feels like all the terrible things in the world are always happening over there somewhere else. And here we're finding it in our own backyard and everyone is finding it in their backyards. So what could be more frightening than that? You know, it's, it's a really, really, as we talked about in um, our essential employees episode, it's a very scary time. That is, that is absolutely legitimate. So it's imbalancing people's understanding of the world and of their environment. And so they might pull to some other things that make sense to them for whatever reason. And some of these COVID QAnon slash conspiracies pre-COVID, you know, what would you say, Scott, is like what made people feel uncertain to even start with these QAnon conspiracies? Well, certainly the election was really, sure. has certainly been divisive, um, even among people that were Trump supporters. There was, uh, you know, a percentage that are digging their heels in and no matter what he says or does, they're, uh, you know, they're going to support him. Right. And and that would happen for any politician on the right or the left. There's always going to be a contingent that's going to dig their heels in. And then there's also, a, you know, a good percentage that are like, conservative and, um, you know, ideologically and, have you know, come from this conservative that the current POTUS does not represent that at all to them. So that they have more flexibility and and insight and critical thinking skills, whereas this sort of the things that have been um, upended, which uh, one thing was healthcare, you know, a lot of people uh, we suddenly had uh, a national health care system, not a national health care system, but we had an act, the Affordable Care Act, that made um, health care accessible to people that had never had access mm-hmm. to it before or had been put out. And there were all sorts of things that were attached to that. Like suddenly it would, there were going to be death panels and people were going to, doctors right. were going to decide who d- lived and who died. But I really think that a lot of this stemmed from even as far back as 12 years ago when we hit the mortgage crisis. And that was like really the first time since the 80s that our country hit a massive, massive financial barrier. Yeah. So I think that, like you were saying, the idea of stability, certainly if people's finances had just gotten back. I think it's the financial instability was sort of the granddaddy of it. But did you have another salient point Um, that you were thinking of? No, I I think there's, we've never been more divided as a country. So ever since the last election probably has been great fuel for all of this, for this motive of epistemic um, motivation that is the need for cognitive closure. And people tend to form judgments quickly based on the available evidence. And I say evidence in air quotes, evidence, um, to feel like we need closure about something. And so again, uncertainty and fear 
we want answers. We want to know how long is this going to last? Will I get sick? What are the symptoms? And for some people, they are looking to other answers on the internet to help give them that cognitive closure. Oh, this is what's going on. This is why this is happening. This is what, this is the why when sometimes there isn't a why or there's not a why yet. Um, but they're, they're sort of making their own why. I remember so, I was talking yeah. to someone recently who said something so interesting, and this was a you know an, an, an older friend of mine in his seventies, very politically astute, and has been a you know just really smart guy. And he said, you know, nothing that is happening is radically different from what has happened in history before. We have had political leaders that have been incompetent. We have had people who have been reactive. He said, but the, the, the environment is different. We don't have, we have never had instant access to media. We've never had instantaneous accent to public generated bullshit. Right. Which I, I thought that. was so astute, just public generated bullshit, you know, where we used to have a fairness doctrine in media where you had to, you were bound by law to present both sides of an argument. And that was done away, you know, years ago. And there are people on both sides of the political aisle that would love or love the the for there to be a division like that. But we as citizens are the ones who suffer from it because it just leads people to think that they can, I mean, there's nothing more frustrating for me than somebody who went through so many years of grad school and so many years of study and learning how to discern between uh, articles that were statistically valid versus non-statistically valid. And then some dumbass watches through YouTube videos and tries to tell me about mental illness And I, you know, or what causes mental illness or, you know, what this medication does or doesn't do. And I'm like, why would you even assume that you have the ability to engage in that kind of discussion by watching two YouTube videos? It's so frustrating. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. The next motive is existential, and that is our human need of wanting to be safe and in control of our own environment. So when people feel threatened, they can turn to conspiracy theories to reduce those unpleasant feelings of not feeling in control. And if you feel out of control and you find a thing to blame it on, and then as more people jump on that bandwagon, you start to feel safer Well, you think you're going to start to feel safer, but research shows that people actually end up feeling like autonomy and control decrease as then they get wrapped in, you know, these powerful entities running all of the show. So Um, are you, are you saying, it's, it's really, are you saying then that there, that what happens is, is that people at first find security in that belief system, but then the studies show that they get more paranoid and take more of a victim stance. They just feel less in control. There's less less um, in control. Yeah, the 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 locus of control is now external, um, and that even you know, sort of finding community with individuals online is just fueling their paranoia. And it, it's more likely to happen when people are feeling anxious and powerless in the beginning. Well, that was that goes that goes yeah. That goes right in, 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 in uh, tandem with another quote that I thought was so great. He goes, it's, it was never really about the children when they're talking about these theories about what you know was being mm-hmm. done to children by these malevolent entities. He says, it's not really about the kids. It's about the fear of a changing social order. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. which, you know, goes back to this idea that's been going around for years. It's like, it's the new world order. It's the Illuminati. It's some all powerful um, entity that is doing all of this, which to me is hilarious. And there is a great meme that talks about, and like, I, I just love this so much because it says that you're trying, you you want me to believe that there's this mass conspiracy going on that's running, that there's a shadow government. And then there's a, another uh, shadow agency that's trying to fight that shadow government it's and the person right. wrote, the per, it's the person that wrote the meme said clearly these conspiracy theorists have never worked on a committee at work because you can't get shit done and there are no secrets that are kept and there's even science to back that up yeah so the last motivation is social and and that's maintaining a positive self-image of self-image so of the self and then of whatever group you belong to and conspiracy theories are perfect breeding ground for being able to blame things going wrong on others powerful horrific people in order to maintain your self-image and that your group is the good one so we're we're the ones that are pure we're not doing right. the evil things okay yes yes which is really groundwork and they say a lot of conspiracy theories are predicated by a collective narcissism a belief in the in-group's greatness right sort of paired with other people don't get it they don't appreciate it they don't know and in this very like us against them narcissism which is that tying it back to the cult episode which right. is that's what a cult leader you know integrates into the belief system into the individuals is i have the true knowledge i'm going to impart the true knowledge to you and the rest of them they're outsiders they're never going to get it they don't understand because they're not as good as we are mhm and I don't know if you're going to take offense to this, but oh, no. <laughs> some some research says that this is kind of the um, traits of people who believe in the paranormal <laughs> have a little bit of this to them as well. So, well, no, I don't take offense to it. I think uh, I'm I'm agnostic and like Mulder, I want to believe, right? Um, but I also you know, I would also say that there's another, that that's certainly a possibility for a drive. And there's also a lot of research that shows that, that people are driven to believe because they want to feel connected to something beyond this life. And it sure. could be, you know, I mean, my experience, we're just past Mother's Day and my mom passed away a couple of years ago, but it didn't hit me until this, this was the Mother's Day that it like really hit me. And you think it starts making you think about like, well, is there something after this? And I kind of hope there is. And then I think about how the good place ended. Right. I'm like, wait, do we want it to go on forever? I don't know. Like <laughs> eternity? I don't know. Yeah, but that no, I, I, I can see where that would happen too. Yeah, um, yeah. So the collective narcissism, I wanted to build on that a little bit, sort of looking back historically, because there have been conspiracy theories for thousands of years. A lot of them originally, you know, were born out of uh, sort of tribal beliefs and tribal rivalries. And certainly one of the biggest examples of that is, you know, the movement of Christianity across, across Europe historically really caused in Europe a, a real rise in anti-Semitism. And even to the point where, you know, there have been resurgencies 
resurgences of this belief that Jews ate children or drank the blood right. of children. In fact, it's where we get the we get the term blood libel, and that goes back in recorded history to at least the 12th century, and has popped up um, time and time again. Even though, ironically. Christians have been accused of the same things, and, and certainly when we look at, you know, some of the biblical stories about human sacrifice and God requiring uh, or asking for human si- sacrifice in the, old, uh, in the Old Testament, even though it was got pulled back at the last minute, that wasn't the good end of the story. <laughs> right. Um, but Catherine Olmsted, who is a professor of history at U- UC Davis, University of California, Davis, um, She's studied conspiracy theories, and one of her quotes I thought was really apt is that hurting children is one of the worst things you can say someone is doing. It's a really easy way to demonize your enemy. And the other study that was really great that I hope everyone will read, I will post this in our show notes, is that large-scale conspiracies would statistically have to reveal themselves. And so we've got these statisticians. It's a fantastic article. And they have broken it down showing that no large world-scale conspiracy would be able to sustain itself because right. somebody would somebody would break it somebody I mean, right because like, even the much smaller ones have been revealed exactly so these yeah. you're making this assumption that like the, the the meme earlier is like keeping a secret in an office like that ever happens like you know it just doesn't like so you're expecting hundreds of thousands of people to be able to sustain these secrets it just doesn't work that way right so now the flip side of this is that while we're saying Q is highly unlikely to be a legit theory um, or an actual existing phenomenon, governments historically have done terrible things. Um, Ed Snowden, you know, I have a lot of mixed feelings about Ed, St- Ed Snowden historically and currently, but he did reveal you know, some of the activities of the U.S. National Security Agency. I mean, one of the things that I would push back against is like, well, that's that's actually how government works. I'm not justifying any terrible things that were done. But like right. I said, is that, you know, we as citizens don't know everything that's going on and the decisions that have to be made for whatever reason. I'm not like, again, I'm not justifying Snowden. I'm not justifying what was revealed. I'm just saying that that's the harsh reality of yeah, generally in this world. for the greater good. Right. There are things that we can't let every Yahoo know about. Right, and and our and our understanding as the the citizens at the bottom of the ladder, not understanding what some government agency's version of the greater good is. You right, know, we're not going to understand that. Right, but then there are also um, MK Ultra was a government experiment. Uh, you know that was thought of as a conspiracy theory, but it wasn't. The government did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, conduct experiments using uh, psychedelic drugs and mind control because they were trying to develop mind control for military purposes. One of the most horrific things that has had a lasting impact on the African-American community in this country is the Tuskegee experiments where the Tuskegee Hospital um, purposely did not provide African-American men with treatment for syphilis and in some cases even infected them with syphilis because they wanted to follow the sequence and development of symptoms, which are horrific. Yep. Dying by syphilis is an absolute, absolute terrible way to go. It is, um, it's 
horrific that it ever happened. And it's one of the reasons that historically and culturally the African-American community tends to be non-trusting of doctors. At least that's one of the the theories of that happening. Um, The Stargate project was, uh, you know, verges on the paranormal, but it was a funded uh, government experiment to try and develop the process of remote viewing or using psychics to locate targets around the world. They had Project Sunshine, which is horrific, which is, you know, they exposed deceased uh, individuals' body parts to high levels of radiation to see what um, would happen, you know, as a result of nuclear testing or nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. Uh, President Woodrow Wilson had a stroke and his wife took over. And the government did not think that it was in the public's best interest for them to know about it. So it was all kept very secret. And his wife made some really great decisions for a year. She actually ran the country. Really great job. Uh, But for a year, she was effectively uh, the president. That would be very difficult to carry off today because of public media. Um, Certainly, like with with, uh, North Korea right now, there's a lot of rumors. Um, and weird photos that are popping up of <laughs> Kim Jong-un. Of the CIA operative, also known right. as Kim Jong-un. So some, you know, kind of circling back to the concepts that we consider in all this, we talked earlier in other episodes about delusion, which is um, just basically a fixed belief, a very contra- concrete belief uh, that an individual adamantly will cling to in the face of mountains of contradicting proof or evidence. So, Um, one of the examples that they give in um, an article that I'm posting is your neighbor who thinks the buffet down the street is purposely serving whole wheat bread rolls in order to make its patrons feel more full quickly so that they don't have to serve big portions. Well, that's true. That's why we have unlimited salad bars. Salad bars, greens are incredibly cheap. Yeah, go fill yourself up on salad. So when I give you this four ounce steak, you know, you're not going to be so hungry anyway. And we used to have, we talked about this before, we used to have um, bizarre versus non-bizarre differentiation between delusions, and that's been removed in the most recent Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. So using that example of the, the, your neighbor who thinks that, um, you know, she's being ripped off or that it's it's a conspiracy by the restaurant, well, you know, conspiracy or marketing or that's the way they run their business. That's not, that's an actual thing. Now, if she believes that she tells you that she's a time traveling alien that's been brought to the world to um, tell us all that the, you need to eat more wheat bread so that you don't get cancer. (laughs) Most likely that that's, you're really good at picking those up off the cuff. (laughs) (laughs) I know you've given it some thought. (laughs) I have given it some thought. So yeah, the idea of um, a mass delusion, you know, because when I'm researching this, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, this is so much like delusional disorder. But then you have massive amounts of people who don't even know each other. You know, this isn't even like some cult where they're all living on a compound, drinking the same Kool-Aid. Yeah, it's not, a, it's, it's not a shared delusion where they're physically with each other. Right. Which certainly, like when we gave the example of the twins, you know, their shared psychosis had to do with their physical proximity to each other sure. all the time. This is all about 
uh, virtual proximity of information that people are marinating in. Yeah. So some of the other concepts we talk about really cognitive bias or belief bias. So if you've already got a tendency to want to have a concrete view of the world, like mm-hmm. you were saying, Shiloh, I want, I just want to know why. I want to know why this is happening. I want to know what's going on. And then someone hands you basically this platter of, right. you know, broken glass and nails, but they're telling you, here it is. This Here's is what the it YouTube is. video. <laughs> this is the YouTube video. And it it reinforces and and satiates that desire for a concrete answer. So it, you know, we talk about also false equivalency, you know, where you're, where you take two things and go, oh, well, this side is just as bad as this one. It's like, well, no, you're judging things that shouldn't be compared. And that's certainly part of some of the arguments that happen in these conspiracy theories. Well, what about Huma? Where's Hillary? You know, asking all these questions that don't have anything to do with each other and giving, you know, presenting them to someone as if they all have the same weight. And one of the things that makes it crazy and crazier and, and hard is that, you know, there is documentation that there are efforts to manipulate large groups of people. We know that now from the bot farms. We have Russian bot farms, and uh, Russians were very highly invested in generating and stirring up a lot of people. I think the latest one is 95, 95 Facebook pages were taken down when they found out they were run by Russian operatives, and they had all created tons and tons of fake American profiles. And they had used keywords trying to get people, you know, stirred up with patriotism. So they pull them in, they get them like, oh, I think I'm on the I Love America page. And then they slowly start introducing more and more radical ideas. But you can't, I mean, fortunately, you know, like talking to a person who's delusional, when you go back to that person and say, look what's happening, this, you, and you lead them through their knee-jerk reaction is to absolutely deny it because it goes against what their belief system has developed into. Sure. Or it's it's embarrassing. It's shameful to say that you fell for that. Yeah, it is. And there's Kurt Anderson is a, a, a journalist who writes for The Atlantic, and he has a great quote that I wanted to share. It said, someone saw you said, why did these things happen? And he says, the short answer is because we're Americans. Because being American means we can believe anything we want, that our beliefs are equal to or superior to anybody else's experts be damned. And once people commit to that approach, the world turns inside out and no cause and effect connection is fixed. The credible becomes incredible and the incredible credible. I think that really just nails it down is that, you know, we, we, we live in a great country and we have a lot of things available to us, but that doesn't mean that that's how everybody has it. And also doesn't mean that you deserve an unending supply of that. But we, you know, that that we're always the best. How narcissistic is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. This is quite the rabbit hole. I know. It today. just it just literally goes down. <laughs> Alice, Wonderland, Central Park. It all fits together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what anything would, else you want to hit on or well, I just would, would want people today. to go is like um there's, I don't think there's anybody in our, our audience base, our listeners, that you don't have someone in your life that believes something that's 
something that's radical. I mean, it just happens more and more. There's nobody that doesn't have a relative or a friend that says something outlandish. And, you know, as weird as it sounds, I don't know if it sounds weird. I would just encourage compassion um, and give up what I, I'm going to, this is what I would challenge myself to do is I need to give up the narcissistic belief that I can change anybody's belief system that I can do or say anything that is going to instantaneously and radically change someone's worldview. It just doesn't happen. The change and evolution of someone's worldview is a slow and gradual process and hitting somebody over the head with it is not an effective way. So, you know, give somebody the time of day, but then again, if it's painful to you and someone's being nasty to you, you certainly don't have to put up with that. But, you know, a lot of the times just being curious and talking, well, and where did you hear that? Or why would you believe that? How do you think that affects people? How does that affect you? Getting people to engage in the process of slow and consistent critical thinking of their own belief system can can lead them out of the rabbit hole, I think. Yeah, because you might be planting a seed that they'll then think about that question you asked them on the drive home. Well, we're not driving to see each other right now, but they'll think about it later and maybe that slow change will have started. Right. But um, yeah, I love that. That's great advice to sort of deal with those people in your life, whether you're speaking to them in person or if it's Facebook postings or something like that. So I don't think anybody would misinterpret this. I mean, I, you know, I've had the opportunity in various aspects of my my life, my career to live around the world. And I, you know, I love this country. I like, I think the United States is just an unbelievable country. I mean, what we have is so amazing and the people are amazing um, and we can be better. And we, but we all have to work to be better and, to be better we have to learn to think critically and take responsibility for some of the uglier aspects of our society and that in that way we're no different from anybody else so i hope that doesn't come across as i'm bashing some of these things but i just you know we're living in in times where people are scared and um scared people act in ways that are not healthy and that's what we want to try and prevent yeah so be kind to everybody That's beautiful. That's a good note to end on. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time on LA. Not so. Confidential. Bye.